boy, they gather around. Wrestle War 90 is about to go down. Rick Flair, the cast has the much biology. We interrupt to bring you a special Wrestle War 90 update. The cause of the injury to Sting from the cowardly ambush by the horsemen, the NWA has ordered a world heavyweight title defense match for Ric Flair against number one contender Lex Luger. We now return you to your regularly scheduled broadcast. Road Warriors, survivors from a place time for God, plan to reduce skyscrapers to parking lots. The Steiners, they brothers, they wrestle as one. But they do not scare the brothers and the son. Wrestle War 90. A wild thing to see. Available through your cable company. Pay-per-view. Excitement from T-H-E. Going down the 25th of February. Wild Hello and welcome to another episode of By God Almighty. By God Almighty. The show where we crack open some lovely cans. Uh, oh, lovely cans. three in a row. I don't know if that's ever happened. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're lazy pricks. Um, yeah, <laughs> the show where we crack open some lovely cans and have a chat about pro wrestling of yesteryear, one pay per view at a time. My name is Graham, and I am joined, as always, by a pair of wild things, Dave <laughs> Hello. and Dermot. How are you? How are the lads? Is that right? Yeah, good. Yeah, here good. we are. Yeah, here we are indeed. Yeah. We're, nice we're, wrestling time. Yes, a nice wrestle war. Wrestle oh, war, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before we get into this, since our last recording, uh, the unfortunate oh, passing of one mean Jane Oakland, would you like to give your thoughts or memories, or new memories we made in the podcast, perhaps even? About me and Gene. No, not really, to be oh, honest. No, that's fair. There's just, yeah. there's so many. He was a, a constant, uh, constant, you know, presence in wrestling. Yeah. Throughout the entire time I've been a fan. I think he, is, he appeared in every WF pay-per-view we've done so far, hasn't Yeah, he? I think yeah. so, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a sad day when he died, yeah. I think. Um, he'll be sorely missed. Very much so. Very much so. Very much. Uh, yeah, like just a fantastic personality. Obviously, the very best at what he did ever. Yeah, uh, there's definitely. no one else yeah. like him. Oh no, Jesus uh, no. yeah. The way he could play off other people yeah. and get the most he out could, of he even could people who were not good yeah. at promos, he'd get something out of them. And then the people who were good, like Macho Man, his yeah. rapport with him was fantastic. And, just, all, and like when a heel did a promo and said something heelish yeah he his reaction no he did not do you know what I mean you know the way now like you have like a Renee Young or someone like that and the heel will basically say I'm going to stab his mother to death and she'll go thanks for your comments and <laughs> yeah. then she'll stand there looking awkwardly into the distance yeah, for about five seconds before yeah. it cuts or anyone like that but yeah. like me and Gene would be like now just a minute Rowdy Roddy Piper what on earth are you talking he'd really like not he, let them away with no. being ball boys he called them on their bullshit yeah yeah what a great man. Oh, what a great man. And he had a, like, a very distinct voice. Like, you'd yeah. never mix him up with anybody else. And it was a it was a very good, high-quality announcer's voice. Oh, the, know, yeah, perfect an, for amazing what, for voice, what he did. yeah. I liked him. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think I've ever heard a bad word about him. No. It, it was just... I think even... There's a triple A... They, have, they released a little mini-documentary on the WWE Network there. And I think one of the first bits, Talking Heads, is Triple H saying... Either Triple H or Hulk Hogan. 
saying he, he never heard someone saying something negative about him mm. and, and was like in this industry that is yeah that's as rare as really I'm, fucking you, rare I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah like so that was a uh, yeah mean gene mean gene O'Grillen. we will get to see him obviously posthumously yeah a lot in the past a lot in, quite a uh, bit for the next I'd few say. years yeah well, in WF and then in WCW, yeah, he yeah, was around yeah. for until the end of until WCW, the end of the nineties, I believe. He was yeah. still he was still going, yeah. And then we'll see him again at WrestleMania seventeen yeah. for the old gimmick battle royal. Well, it will be about his age by the time we get there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back to this one. It's uh, WCW's first pay per view of nineteen ninety and the nineties itself. It's a wrestle war. Anyone ever seen, read, heard, know anything about this before we went in? Nothing. Not no a tap. No, I literally, this was the first I'd come across it. Um, yeah. no, nothing, no kind of prejudgment or anything to base yeah. it off, so I was just going in with it. I had known about Sting's injury, but that's about it. Yeah. So I kind of like indirectly knew about it. Yeah. And the way they had to kind of change some things, but that's about it. I didn't know anything. Was he legit injured? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that main event match. A very horrible set of circumstances, and we shall talk about that later. But first, it's... WCW Wrestle War 90. Wild thing. Hey, homeboy, gather around. Some serious stuff is gonna go down. Call the Wrestle War Diet, the kings of the ring. All come together and do the wild thing. Lex Luger, the stylish, nature boys, thing. Yeah, they all be doing that. Wild thing. Yeah, they all be there with something to prove. Brimming with intentions to bust the move. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. Tonight, it's Wrestle War 90, wild thing. So, just a few notes before we get into this pay-per-view. This is the final pay-per-view uh, that is booked by Ric Flair as the head of the committee. He tendered his resignation a few weeks prior, and although ratings were trending upwards, a lot of various shit went down, and fingers were all pointed at Flair because he was in charge. So the rest of the committee is so many Jims. Jim Cornette, Jim Ross, Jim Barnett, and Jim Heard from... Oh my God, Toy- four Jims. Yeah, and Terry Funk as well. <laughs> um, four Jims and Terry. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty good band. Yeah, yeah Terry and right. Jims. Uh, yeah. um, and then also, just a little note, is on the January 12th episode of WCW Power Hour, Aaron Anderson defeated the great Muta, who was quit due to feeling like basically he's being jobbed out, which is... Probably yeah, correct. Probably true. He's returned to Japan um, to win the NWA TV title for the second time. His first reign was all the way back in 86. So, it's Sunday, February 25th, 1990, in the Greensboro Coliseum in North Carolina, with an attendance of 9,894, but only 7,500 paid, and it's a 23,000-seater arena. Not great. Not, Not great, great visuals. No. no. Now, here's something that might have impacted it is just a 90 minute drive away in Charlotte the WF was running a house show mm. and well that might not have drawn people out of Greensboro it might stop people leaving Charlotte yeah you know what I mean yeah uh, and some of the matches on that show were Colossal Connection versus Demolition in a tag title match Dusty Rhodes versus Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior and Jake Roberts versus Ted DiBiase and Akeem in the main event nice so that could have said yeah our yeah. parent going listen that's far away we have to drive on a Sunday night so to want to go here instead yeah, or something yeah, so that yeah. might have been part of the the reason it was a poorly drawn anyway commentators are Jim Ross or as Terry Funk calls him Jimbo Diddley Jimbo Diddley and Tuxedo Terry Funk the other t- oh. he is a mentaler isn't he he is insane 
Yeah. What about that, that uh, feather earring? He's definitely you know, going oh, yeah. for no the uh, no Jesse Ventura look. Yeah. What did you think of Terry Funk's hairstyle? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a... A bing, bing, bing. A, a ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. He's the first on the count anyway. I think, no, but I'm fairly certain Terry Funk was like, you know, having maybe multiple small, like low-level seizures throughout this entire show. Because <laughs> um, some of the stuff that he was going on about, like we'll get it to as we go through the matches, yeah. like, but... Bonkers. There's one episode, uh, one episode. Excuse me. There's one match where he's just talking about the smell of Texas people's breath, <laughs> <laughs> and there's no Texans in the match either. Like he's just going on about it. It's very bizarre altogether, isn't it? Ah, it's great though. Ah, oh, it is. Yeah, Uncle Terry. Ah, um, oh, brilliant. They yeah. tell us Dan Spivey has been injured, and um, then they run down the card basically. So we get a, a backstage interview. Gordon Soli is interviewing Teddy Long. Who it just reiterates that Dan Spivey has been injured. Isn't it funny that, like, as a wrestling fan, you're programmed to not trust Teddy Long at all? Oh, yeah. totally not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just expecting Midnight BB to, like, appear appear or come out from under the rate or something, but, like, it, he's actually telling the truth and it's weird. <laughs> Our very first match is a tight team match. I'll say that a lot tonight. And it pits Kevin Sullivan. And Buzz Sawyer versus the dynamic dudes, Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. Just something to note is that uh, Sullivan is an, a replacement for the great Muta, who, oh. uh, as we said, quit. As you said, yeah. And yeah. He, but he was still in the opening video during the amazing rap. The great Muta was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was. Fantastic <laughs> rap as well. Yeah, it was. It was good. Um, uh, can I just say, yeah, before we got to the first match, I don't know if you noticed the really smarky sign in the crowd I at did. the start. Oh, what was I it? I don't know. Oh, go on. Uh, it's like, we've heard enough, it's but heard was yeah. spelt like Jim Heard's name. Yeah. Uh, Very smarky for now. Yeah. Apparently, that person got kicked out uh, like later on in the show. So that's that's very uh, ahead of its time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, Sullivan and Sawyer versus the dynamic dude. So, we've not seen Sawyer before. So, real name, Bruce Warren. He debuted in 1978 in Jim Crockett Promotions. He and his brother, Brett, were part of Paul Ellering's Legion of Doom stable with the Road Warriors before leaving the group and feuding with the Warriors. He then did various stints in the WWF Championship Wrestling from Florida, Mid-South and World Class before returning to the NWA. Sawyer and Ace start with some nice back and forth until Ace dropkicks Sawyer out of the ring and follows up with a big planche, which was nice to see. Mm-hmm. The dudes control for the first five minutes or so of the match with fast-paced offence until Douglas is thrown outside and Sawyer suplexes him on the floor. Sullivan and Sawyer beat down Douglas, including some beautiful, powerful suplexes from Sawyer and bear hugs from both men. Douglas escapes with one of the bear hugs and tags in Ace, who unloads dropkicks and slams. A head scissors on Sawyer is botched, so Sawyer hits a snap suplex and then the jam sandwich top rope splash <laughs> to win the match in 10 minutes, 14 seconds. That fucking name. It's a good name, I like it. Uh, yeah, I thought this match started off really solidly. I liked all the bits where the heels were in control. I really enjoyed Buzz Sawyer's uh, viciousness, his side suplex in 1990 yeah, and, and suplex outside the ring yeah, and he was belly, just like belly, yeah. really like vicious and biting them and stuff yeah like, really good heel no not crappy but like no, no. like kidneys and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah like. but once the end of the match came and the dynamic dudes got their like hot tag and just all their offense just looked really sloppy like one of the 
the drop kicks barely oh, yeah. kind of oh, touches. Oh, the drop kicks were brutal. It kind of touches Kevin Sullivan a little bit with his little toe, and Kevin Sullivan kind of half starts jumping out that's of the ring and then slowly just, just walks out of the ring. The Iron Sheik, yeah, it was it was even worse than that. And then the I didn't even mind head scissors just fell off. Impressed me with just being a vicious bastard that I didn't even hate his bear hook. Yeah, I thought it legitimately looked like it was painful. To be honest with you, now it got me. Um, this is a night of bear hugs as well. There yeah. was, but I thought his was good. I, I thought he legitimately looked like he was hurting Shane Douglas. This was still, also still your arms are still free, and true. you can still yeah. swing. No, I hear you. You know, yeah. yeah. It's also. I know. I hate the bear hug, Dave. I'm I just... don't know if you do, Graham. I think you might have a little, you know, little thing for the bear hug. <laughs> you're lucky. You're far away. <laughs> You prick. <laughs> the bear hug and Jim Duggan. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I actually um, don't know if there's nothing worse than that. Very interesting set of hairstyles in this match. Of course, we've got yeah, so two got, for the, the mullet count. Yeah, which, well, we've got at least two. So we've got Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace. Yes. Yeah. Then what we, about Kevin Sullivan? It's like a, oh, it is fake, but I don't Sullivan know. has a mullet. No, it's not a mullet, but it's a fantastic hairstyle. I don't know what it is. Hairdo, isn't it? Yeah. Like green ropes coming yeah. out the back of his head. Yeah. And then Buzz, Buzz Sawyer kind of has a skull. He, he has a rat's tail a, and a mm, bald head. And it's just horrific looking. But it's great. Ooh. I don't know. I'd say if he let his hair down out of that ponytail, he'd have a... Skull it? Skull it. Yeah, okay, we count them. Serious party at the back. I'm okay with counting them. This would be Sawyer's second last ever match. He actually broke his wrist doing that jam sandwich at the end. No way. So he didn't wrestle again until January of the following year. And then in February of 92, he died of heart failure due to a drug overdose at the age of 32. Jesus Christ. Yes. So that's not good, is it? It's definitely not. Uh, apparently he was a piece of shit. Really? Yeah, I, I saw um, a shoot interview with Steve Blackman, who was like bedridden for two years with malaria at the end of the 80s, start of the 90s. And then when he was able to walk and all that again, he was annoyed that Buzz Sawyer had died because he wanted to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> So. Oh my God. Yeah. Classic Steve Blackman. Classic Steve Blackman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is also the final appearance of the Dynamic Dudes as a tag team. Uh, we'll see Thankfully. Sh- we'll see Douglas and Ace. Of course. In various uh, yeah. various degrees. So both their contracts are up in a few months and they were reportedly offered less money to do the same amount of work. So That's that's uh, an incentive, isn't it? Yeah, they definitely told WCW where to go. Understandably so. Um what are your thoughts on the dynamic dudes run, lads? If you can even call it a run. <sighs> I find it funny that is it true that Shane Douglas was educated as a or he has a degree in education? Yeah, he, he will see a lot of that in 1994, but yeah, what about Yeah, he him? wasn't smart enough to refuse to <laughs> do this. <laughs> I know, to be honest with you, yeah. I think in, like if, on this show, yeah. like it wasn't the worst. Like it's, it's they just, just At least they dropped the, the caps and the skateboards. And the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. You know, it, um, they, they did, they, it wasn't so much a gimmick for this one as it was. Something to put yeah. on their tights and the, and the name to just announce the name, coming down the ring. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'd given up at this stage mm. like again understandable but enough, it yeah. was an awful gimmick it was and bad like Shane Douglas was not the Shane Douglas we would come to know no absolutely not and, uh, still, a, yeah, still a young they were bad thanks guys and I'm here with Norman the Lunatic and Norman you have a match coming up with Cactus Jack Manson and I wish you luck oh thank you very much Missy you, you know something Missy you look a, you look a lot like my sister Oh, well, thank you. 
She's a lot bigger than you, though. <laughs> well, I'm sure she's pretty. Well, she's kind of pretty. You know, if she was here, I bet she'd give me a nice hug for good luck. You, you want to give me a hug? Okay. Oh. <laughs> I hope that brings you some luck, Norman. <laughs> hey, you know, I bet, I bet if you give me a kiss, I'd have all kinds of luck. Okay. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> you know what? One more, I'd have real good luck if you give me one more of those kisses over here. Uh, well, I think the bell's ringing, and let's go to the ring right now. I think I was just saved by the bell. We get a backstage interview where Missy Hoyt interviews Norman the Lunatic, or Norman. Uh, I just have one word for this interview, and it's awful. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a what fair did, word. What, what about you? What did you think of this shit? I don't imagine, like, do you think that would fly today? Well, he's very Eugene-esque. He is very I know Eugene-esque. I know that was mid-2000s, so like, that still probably wouldn't yeah, fly. Yeah, I don't think Eugene would fly. But I think Eugene would do a more entertaining promo. Yeah. yeah. Also, Missy Hoyt is lovely. It's a shame that she became so... Horrific. <laughs> <laughs> is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't even mean that looks. I mean she just her life just mm. spiraled, didn't it? Really. But yes. she was saved by the bell, so that's the important yeah. thing. Um, what do we make of all the faces wearing bands for Sting? Very, they're in various degrees. They have headbands and armbands and stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you make of it? Uh, like, is it a bit silly, or is it grand? <laughs> Again, I'm a, I was a little bit, I'm still a little bit confused as I'm not too sure about the story around Sting's okay. injury. Yeah. I know kayfabe that he was attacked, attacked by, by the horseman. The horseman. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Like, is that, you know, revenge for Sting? Yeah, everyone kind of, everyone's supporting Sting. Is that, so, is that kayfabe or is it? Kayfabe, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, no, the injury isn't kayfabe. The injury isn't kayfabe. But the way the, he received the injury is obviously yeah, kayfabe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, support. yeah. yeah no, I, I kind of... It gives it that real sport kind of feel like when a player on a soccer team gets injured and they all wear like a t-shirt saying whatever, get well get soon. Well or soon or, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, you yeah, know, I, I don't have any problem with it, but some people wear the bands better than others. Big time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Match number two pits Cactus Jack Manson versus Norman. So Manson, real name Mick Foley. Probably never heard of him, have you? Who's Mick Foley? Uh, yeah. Don't know. <laughs> was trained by Dominic Danucci and debuted in 1983. He worked on the Independence and also as a TV jobber on various WF shows. He then went to a Continental Wrestling Association in Memphis in 1988 where he briefly held their tag titles before moving to World Class Championship Wrestling where he held their light heavyweight and tag titles. He debuted in WCW TV in late 1989 and they were giving him um they were booking him similar to the way Lars Sullivan debuted in that he'd be in tag team matches with jobbers the job would lose the match and then Cactus would beat the shit out of them for losing the match. Yeah. So that was basically the way they were kind of pushing them at this point. There's no background to this match. Same way there's no background to the first match. It's just, here's a heel, here's yeah, a face, yeah, have yeah. a wrestling match. Norman, Sm- I was going to call him Norman Smiley. That's nice <laughs> Norman, Smiley. Uh, Norman, real name Mike Shaw. He was trained by Killer Kowalski and debuted in 1981 in the NWA All-Star Wrestling in Vancouver. In 1982, he moved to Calgary and joined Stampede Wrestling. Well, there he feuded with Owen and Bret Hart, Davey Boy Smith and Chris Benoit. When Stampede folded in 1989, he got a job with WCW and was given the gimmick of Norman the Lunatic where he was a crazy heel with the manager of Teddy Long who controlled him by threatening to have him sectioned if he did not do his bidding. Norman eventually turned on Long and now just goes by Norman. As Norman enters, Terry Funk says, he's got a head like a buffalo on the body of Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> Which I liked and would not fly today at all. 
holy god he's announced from the state hospital and he hands out autograph pictures to kids and throws a big teddy bear into the audience and I have a question here mm. the lad in the audience who catches the bear yeah. do we count his mullet because he technically partook in the show he's shown on screen maybe you know what he looked yeah. he looked a little bit like Weird Al I thought he looked like have you guys you guys have watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know the McPyle brothers the title <laughs> <looks like>, yeah. <laughs> yeah he also looks like uh, remember Dewey from Scary Movie yeah or big Doofy time. sorry Doofy, Doofy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he looks a bit like him he's a mixture of all those three people basically uh, so we're counting his mullet yeah why not why not yeah so uh, Cactus the new year Cactus attacks Norman as he enters the ring and beats on him they brawl in and out of the ring where Norman backdrops Cactus over the guardrail onto the concrete floor in a nasty looking mm-hmm. spot Oh, that gave me shivers. Yeah. Cactus, in a bad way. <laughs> Cactus takes control after ramming Norman into the ring post and he dishes out most of the offense. Norman starts to come back, but Cactus cuts him off, tries for a pile driver, but Norman backdrops him and sits down on his face with force at nine and a half minutes. I thought this match was very bad. I mean, uh, uh, the bump outside was... and um, Can I say good? Good, but it was also... Disgusting. Disgusting. Probably unnecessary. Very in unnecessary. Yeah, on, at the, where, you're, where you are on the card and what this match means. Um, but then he's obviously trying to get noticed as yeah, well. Yeah, and 100%. in the long run, that is how he gets over. So. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it was a. It was not really like it was a non-match almost. Not that it was like a ten-minute long non-match. You know, it was, was yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. No psychology in it, or well, none that I could. No, no, it was back and like, like I mean, back like, and forth. I, I said Cactus was, got like, most of the offense, but it was not like. Norman there was no babyface comeback. Yeah, there was no heat. There was no cheating. There was. It was just you do moves, I do moves, exactly. you do moves, I do moves. Yeah. Like I mean, Norman got some stuff in, but it was mainly shit. It was nice. It was a nice kind of little treat to finally see someone. Well, not finally see someone, but, but see, see someone debut as a nobody who was became a yeah someone that, somebody that we know like, we know so so yeah. much about now and like um. You know, like, I don't know, the last person I can really remember that for me anyway yeah. um, would have been Shawn Michaels. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and, you know, it being Mick Foley as well, it's nice to actually see him yeah, start and, to come uh, into the world of all the It's kind of strange seeing him in, like, like, a singlet and you can see his chest. Yeah, and, and he's, his actually, arms. he's actually not in the worst shape no, in the world. No, he's, he's, yeah, he's a good looking handsome. Handsome? <laughs> yeah. Can we say Mick Foley's handsome? Yeah, bizarre. Isn't Dare it? I say it? It's probably because he has two ears and a full set of teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that helps, all right. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does I, I feel like. The world wasn't quite ready for Mick Foley in this match. Like, yeah, the his, that bump over the guardrail onto the concrete and like the kind of brawling—it just seems so out of place. Yeah, in oh, it's, so, it's just so. Oh, oh. You can feel it in your spine, <laughs> yeah. can't you? It's horrific, and they don't give a shit. No, the point, they don't give a shit. He, and he doesn't get any heat, like as a heel. And I don't know how established his character is. I don't think, I don't think that should stage, happen to a heel. No, a heel shouldn't have to take a bump like that because he's. Jesus, man. Um, yeah, I didn't like this match really. No, I, I think Apart from that a... bump really, and I th- he does a drop kick off the apron later, which I think is okay. The most interesting thing about Norman was his footwear. They has one wrestling boot and one shoe. I kind of like that. Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. When I was watching that, I was convinced that his uh, trousers had just well, come out and gone You also the see uh, all over the ring posters the word rules. So rules are basically some... Under rules, is it? Uh, no, they're a runner company. Who, so he's wearing a rule. I think Jim Ross even alludes to it. He goes, he's wearing a roux. And he kicks him with the roux. Uh, and it was basically like someone who lived in the same town as Jim Heard. And he said, uh, give yeah. us a few bob and we'll put your name, put your name around the shite. 
But, they, <laughs> uh, but he'd actually promised them originally that the wrestlers would all wrestle in Rue's shoes and all the wrestlers were like, fuck off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're, we're wearing wrestling boots. Like, yeah, do you yeah. know, like, what on earth? Jim here's a gobshoy. All right, gentlemen, and right now I'm with Jim Cornette, the Midnight Express, and of course the last time you met the Rock and Roll Express, you came out victorious. However, tonight things may change. Oh, lots of things change in life. People change, places change, things change. The Berlin Wall came tumbling down. Preachers and politicians fall off their pedestal. New ones rise up to take their place. And a lot of things change in professional wrestling, especially over the last couple of years. But some things never change. The Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express, still the greatest tag team matchup in the history of professional wrestling. Some things never change. We still hate to rock and roll express's filthy stinking guts. And some things never change. Today, today, right here at Wrestle War, we're going to do everything we can to beat them, to hurt them, and to put them out of wrestling. Because the Midnight have faced the rock and roll more times than they've done Hello Dolly on Broadway, but we never get enough of beating those punks up. Some things never change. We're still the greatest tag team combination in the history of professional wrestling. Always have been and always will be, regardless of who says different. Stan, what day is this? The day the music died. <laughs> Rock and roll. You Let's go watch back it. to the ring. We go backstage where Golden, Golden, cheers, Graham, where Gordon Soli interviews Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express. Did you like that uh, interview, the promo there? I thought it was really, I, I, probably one of the best promos I've seen like in the pay per views that we've watched. Yeah, to be it's honest. a good one, isn't it? Like not like you know there have been some oh, fantastic have, promos, yeah, yeah. but definitely one of. The, it's but up he's there. he's never bad. Like he's no. always good or above, isn't he? He had a real he had a, the common theme throughout the whole thing as well. He kept repeating it like some things never change. Yeah, and he just kept returning to that and making another point. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was very good. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know, not much <laughs> yeah. to add, but it no, was very good. That's fair enough. So match number three is. The Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson versus the Midnight Express, beautiful Bobby Eaton and sweet Stan Lane who are with Jim Cornette. The background to this is on January 13th, episode of WCW Saturday Night, excuse me, the Rock and Roll Express returned to the NWA stating that they wanted a shot at the World Tag Team titles, but their longtime rivals, the Midnight Express, thought differently. Then, during the tournament to crown the new United States Tag Team Champions, the Midnight Express defeated the Rock and Roll by cheating so this is somewhat of a revenge rematch so um, in the match well before the match Jim Cornette introduces his team but you can't hear a fucking word he's saying because the WWE Network overdub just drowns him out um, then Stan Lane gets on the microphone to introduce Cornette stating he's the man that stole Havana from Donald Trump and then Jim <laughs> Ross thinks this is an appropriate time to make some homosexual jibes or homophobic <laughs> oh jibes oh my god so many gay jokes oh it's so many like there's just um zero need yeah uh, 1990 yeah. was a very different time yeah, like, it was definitely yeah. a very uh, different so time. lane and gibson start out with a bit of a feeling out process but the pace starts to quicken with some smooth tag team wrestling from all four men with the midnight express repeatedly ended up ending up looking like fools cornette at one point challenges the ref to a fight and when the ref accepts cornette scarpers and falls out of the ring the Midnight Express finally take control and put the boots to Morton, including guillotining him on a steel guardrail outside and a lovely jumping suplex from Bobby Eaton. Morton sells his ass off. When they try to do the rocket launcher, Morton gets his knees up and tags in Gibson, who cleans house. They do a false finish where Cornette wallops Gibson with the tennis racket behind the ref's back, but he kicks out at two. The Midnight Express try to double flapjack Gibson, but Morton takes out Eaton while Gibson rolls up lane for the three count at 23 and a half minutes. Um, I don't think I'm being, you know, going out on a limb here by saying this is definitely the best match we've seen so far oh, on the card. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, 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 I think 
this is the most Ricky Morton has ever Ricky Mortoned up to this point because I always hear about what an amazing <laughs> seller yeah, he yeah. is. And in this match, like they isolate him and he just he's unbelievable at selling and you just you just want him to get that hot tag so oh, much. Stop and I was saying that there was smooth wrestling. Like and it, but it didn't seem choreographed. You know no, sometimes no, let's yeah, say yeah. in multi man matches nowadays and I'm not trying to like some fantastic, fantastic matches you see, you know like the multi-man ladder matches they do have at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell they've, like, practiced something. Yeah. You know, like, some four, five-way bit. Yeah. But in this, it's like, there's all these weird bits where, like, you know, one will get drop-kicked and then he'll turn around and Stan Lane will accidentally run into Bobby Eaton and they'll fall outside and then they start arguing. And it looks like it, it, look, it looks like it was a legitimate mistake. Yeah. That they'd never practiced before. It was, oh, it was brilliant shit. Yeah, it was very good. Um, yeah. Definitely. Like Derham said, the best match so far. Oh yeah, strong contender. Oh yeah, it's for a overall early well. contender for a match of the night. Anyway, yeah, yeah, definitely. So and the absolute heat that uh, Jim Cornette gets from the crowd when oh, he uses oh the racket. God. Oh, when he uses the racket, and oh. even the uh, the fight with the ref. Yeah, and when the ref untucks his shorts, it's like ah, and he's like bouncing to the ropes, and Stan Lane's trying to pick him up, and he keeps falling down. It's uh, oh. it had a, it has like comedy, it has seriousness. Good uh, wrestling. Yeah, good wrestling. Good wrestling. Yeah, has it all. Yeah, very good match, very enjoyable match. So something to know here. Um, so Jim Heard and WCW were looking to cut talent, and for whatever reason, he thought the Midnight Express would be a good place to start. Uh, not not like Norman or somewhere like that. Um, however, they wanted to keep Jim Cornette for part of the booking committee, but Cornette, being a loyal cunt, yeah, uh, would only no- negotiate as a trio. So they could only have all three of them, or else like they couldn't wow. have any of them, which is pretty sound. Fair play to him. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. The Road Warriors and Paul Ellering are with me right now. And in just a moment, you're going to be stepping into the ring in the Chicago street fight. And Teddy Long says that Danny Spivey's injured. That's right, Gordon Sully. But first of all, everybody's wondering, the Warriors, we got our brothers in paint, armband on, to help us as if we need any help to kick the skyscraper's butt. Tell him, Hawk. Needless to say, we went back to Chicago, slept in alleys, streets, near the gutter, and what do we do? We put 16 guys in the hospital just getting psyched up for this thing. Paul, he just got back from Hong Kong, and you know something? You got a surprise for us? None for you. Same old story. We win, you lose. Tell him, Paul. You know something? We've gotten where we are today because we never underestimate our opponents, Teddy Long. You could have Danny Spivey come out from anywhere. I realize that, and not for a minute am I going to forget it. We're ready for you, and stick your nose in there. Please. Now let's go back to the ring, please. So now we go backstage where Gordon Soli interviews the Road Warriors. Tell them, damn. This is basically <laughs> the entire interview, isn't it, really? Yeah, like, I'd say... I think it must be a rib on each other that they don't <laughs> warn them because like animals they don't just warn them, no? they don't warn each other when they're just gonna because animals like mid sentence and he's like and then we're gonna and and then wait till you see and tell him it's like it's not planned at all it's like no. I've run out of things to say tell him Hawk and then Hawk's just like uh, yeah we're gonna kill them all and tell him Paul <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a bit like a rib isn't it like they just take the piss with each other I like it though yeah, no, yeah. to be honest with you, I I was getting ready to start watching this, like, not just, you know, I was thinking to myself, okay, I need to watch this wrestling later on, and then when I actually sat down and I got to this part of it, and I completely wasn't even thinking about it, and he just goes, tell him, Hawk, and I broke my heart laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. Well... <laughs> 
So match number four is a Chicago street fight pitting the skyscrapers, Mean Mark Callis and the masked skyscraper with, uh, with their manager Teddy Long against the road warriors Hawk and Animal and their manager Precious Paul Ellering. Um, so Mean Mark Callis, real name Mark Calloway, don't know if you've heard of him either. Um, <laughs> he was trained by the spoiler Don Jardine and debuted in 1984 for World Class Championship Wrestling. In 1988, he left WCCW and went to the USWA where he had a number of gimmicks. In February of 89, he debuted the gimmick The Master of Pain, a gimmick in which he was said to have just been released from a penitentiary after serving five years for killing two men in a fight. Oh, wow. Uh, two months later, he defeated Jerry the King Lawler for the USWA World Heavyweight title, uh, which he later lost back to Lawler a few months later. And the mass skyscraper is Mike Enos, who is six foot four, which is tall in real world, but in no way is it a skyscraper in wrestling standards. No, definitely um, not. He was trained by Eddie Sharkey and debuted in 1988 in the AWA where he formed the team The Destruction Crew with Wayne Bloom and they won the AWA World Tag Team titles and also the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Rookie of the Year Award as a team and they're the only team to ever do that. Mm. Yeah. So a background on this, we kind of know. Clash of the Champions 6 in April of 89 Teddy Long, a referee at the time, got into a confrontation with the Road Warriors during a match and got so pissed off he fast counted, causing the Road Warriors to lose the tag team titles to the Varsity Club. Long was fired as a referee but stayed around as a manager and signed the skyscrapers Sid Vicious and Dan Spivey. Me, 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 me. A Halloween Havoc 89, the Road Warriors defeated the skyscrapers by disqualification, but both teams were left looking strong. Sid punctured his lung in a match with the Steiners at Clash of the Champions 9. Fucking hell. <laughs> so was replaced by me and Mark Callis. At Clash of the Champions 10, the Skyscrapers defeated the Road Warriors this time by disqualification. Again, with both teams left looking strong. So because of the results of the previous two matches, they were put in a no-disqualification Chicago street fight. Uh, Dan Spivey... Uh, he basically started no-showing events about two or three weeks before this. So it was replaced last minute by Mike Enos as the mass skyscraper. Yeah, so basically the two right, lads yeah. who started the feud aren't here for the big payoff. <laughs> yeah, it kind of feels a bit like uh, fake Diesel and fake Razor or it's, something. It's yeah, like, it's well, what's going bad. on? Yeah, it's, it's, they're called the skyscrapers, but it's not either of the skyscrapers. No, it's, it's shit. So um, the Road Warriors are brought down the oil on the back of Harleys with some smoke and pyro. It's a great entrance, but it's marred by Teddy Long talking absolute banjo. It was like, so they told him, right, go out there and say Dan Spivey's been injured. And he just goes out and rambles on and on and mm. on over the, it's a deadly entrance. They look like yeah, it's a cl- bad mother. It, yeah. And they've got the jeans and boots on, like they've got the streetwear on, the taped fists. So Ellering challenged Long to a fight. Long goes from, but Ellering sends him reading with the right hand. The four wrestlers break out into a big punch kick style brawl. Doom, who lost their masks in a mask versus title match at Clash of the Champions 10 against the Steiners make their way down the aisle wearing tuxedos they look cool Looking they do cool. indeed yeah, cool. fuck. fucking mad cool the match spills outside where Hawk hits a big flying clothesline off the apron Terry Funk on commentary says I like that name me and Mark uh, he would because he came up with it um, <laughs> <laughs> me and Mark gets back body dropped out of the ring and decides he's had enough and leaves back in the ring the road warriors hit the doomsday device and pin the mass skyscraper in five minutes flat uh, after the match, Animal presses Teddy Long and throws him from the ring onto Doom. Doom hit the ring and a massive brawl ensues, which the Road Warriors get the better of. Go on there, lads. Who wants to bury yeah, this piece I'll, of shit I'll have, a, I'll have a little uh, 
jump in there. I know yeah. we said that, um, or and I can wholeheartedly agree that it is a very much a kind of fake diesel, fake Razor yeah. Ramon job. But like, I don't even mind me and Mark Callis so much because he at least wrestled. No, not at all. No, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. But I, I, I think the him, you know, fucking off. Yeah, that's kind of you know that that makes a lot of sense. He's not he has he's not really invested in this. He's no, probably just he's... another member of Teddy Long's kind of bench. Yeah. So I actually. I was kind it of. It was kind I of them was, saving him, saving him, wasn't it? I guess, yeah, that, protect, yeah to a certain extent him as and well. Just say, the masked lad just takes the pinfall, and yeah, that's the end I, of it. And like, yeah, the worst bumps I've ever seen in my life. For what, Mike Enos, is that Mike his name? Enos, yeah. We will see him again as the Beverly Brothers. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Beverly Brothers from no early nineties. Um, I've seen one clip of them. Was it against the Bushwhackers? Yeah, yeah. It's one of the worst matches ever. Anyway. <laughs> Overall, like it yes, was a fucking he wasn't good. Ship, like it was a fucking just a basic punch kick kind Punchy of troll. Kick, yeah, wasn't it? There, yeah, was yeah. Not, there was nothing real kind of like grand, like you know, exceptional about it, except for you know the typical uh, road warrior shoulder blocks and big boots. And I mean, I know it's a street fight, so they're all in their jeans and their boots and their <laughs> thing. But like the mask skyscraper looks worse than any of the uh, Russian yeah, assassin too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. At least definitely. like give him a better t-shirt or even give him a leather vest or something or. Uh, yeah, that's better uh, than this match yeah, anyway. Uh, uh, he looks like the Brooklyn Brawler with a mask on. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, that, that, was, was, that was nice. It was very um, bad anyway. Can like, there's no point even uh, commenting on the actual wrestling, but let's just it comment on the fashion for a minute. What do you think of animals' jeans? They're uh, all. Uh, what's the story with the acid wash? They're very they're, 2003. Yeah, <laughs> they're way ahead of their time yeah. for 1990. I feel. Like. Very, I feel if I went to the Urban Outfitters today, I could buy a pair of them. Yeah, yeah. 29 years later. Do you like uh, Mean Mark's chaps? Yeah, serious chaps. <laughs> Do you? What I really liked about Mean Mark is he's not selling at all when they're doing the Doomsday device <laughs> no. at the end. He could easily come back in and break the pin. And he's like, ah, I've had enough. Fuck um, this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually. Sorry. Sorry, lads. We need to go back there a bit. We do. Oh, we do? Because, Shit. Because um, Ricky Morton has a mullet. Oh. If ever anyone yeah, had a mullet, that's, that's, that's the, the mullet there's, mullets. There's several mullets in um, that match, is there not? Do you think Bobby Eaton? I think Bobby Eaton uh, has a mullet. I think he does, yeah. Bobby Eaton definitely has and a mullet. Not Sweet he, Stan, though. Not Sweet Stan. Uh, or Robert Gibson. No. Robert Gibson just has a nice little bit of hair. So that's it, is it? Yeah. yeah. And then in, in this, this one, match, we have Mean Mark has a mullet. Yeah. yeah um, animal, animal has a mullet. Animal definitely has a mullet. And then Teddy Long's skullet. Oh, absolutely. What about the lads, um, Ron Simmons and fucking... Ah, they just nah, have beautiful nah. perms. Jerry Curls, <laughs> yeah, I believe okay, they call cool. that in the... Beautiful perms. <laughs> oh, Butch Reeds. Could Butch Reeds be a... Yeah. Oh, no. No, it's no. just... Okay, okay. Okay. Sorry, I got excited. Actually, it's waving around. It's, wa- <laughs> it's waving around. <laughs> it is waving. You're right there. Are we going with it or not? Let's go for it. Okay. Go for it. Let's do it. Let's oh. do it. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> bing. Okay, so... Haven't been keeping count, lads. We've Grand. Got, but we'll do, we'll do like a... We've got three. Yeah, four, we've got... Five. Bullets. Six. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jim Ross then uh, runs down what's to come and over what we just saw. And Terry Funk loses his marbles putting over the show in the NWA is what I have written down here. Either you talk about a Donnybrook, you talk about a fight, you talk about a great night of wrestling, we're having it right here at Greensboro, and this is NWA wrestling, the best in the world. There's no right. better, don't forget it. Terry, settle down, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, it. he is fired up. He does, he goes absolutely... Like you said, he's having a few seizures during this match. It's absolutely, or sorry, this show. It's crazy. 
Like Jim Ross. I'm said, fairly certain. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm fairly certain this has already happened. But there was one stage. I can't remember what match it was in, but he was saying his fate. Jim Ross was saying one of the lads' favourite movies was uh, The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. I think that and, was uh, Ted that, Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. He turns around and he's like, his favourite move is The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got angrier and, then, and, then and said like, it No, his favourite movie. And he was like, <laughs> oh, movie. Movie. <laughs> it, it was Norman, actually, I think. Oh, yeah. okay. And they were like, oh, it's the only plot he could follow or something. Yeah. Oh, awful, awful really country. bad. So like Jim Ross says, it's half time, halfway through the show. So, uh, what would you say that means, means lads? Uh, what is know. it? It means uh, half-time, half-time history. Half-time history. <laughs> yes, half-time fucking history. Um, so, in what's happened in the world since uh, Royal Rumble 1990 up until this? Well, let me tell you. The US number one is opposite to Tracked by Paula Abdul. You might be familiar with the video. They parodied it in Family Guy where he's like, I'm dressed like a cat. You know that one? No, fuck off. No. Though. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, the Irish number one is still nothing compares to you, but Sinead O'Connor. Still fifth, a belter. Fifth week at number one. And also, MTV Unplugged is broadcast for the first time. Oh. oh. Um, Who was on it? Was there like a... Oh, it was a band called Squeeze. Squeeze. Uh, you might know some of the songs. Jules Holland was their p- pianist or keyboard player. You know Jules Holland? Yeah. Yes. But yeah, some of the Unplugged stuff is absolutely fucking unreal. Cheers. In film, the box office number one is the Academy Award nominated Driving Miss Daisy. Oh. With uh, Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. In television, even though Baywatch has debuted in the States, it debuts on Irish TV for the first time, which is nice. The Crystal Maze on Channel 4 debuted. Yeah, And uh, the Mitchell Brothers debuted on EastEnders. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> He's still there. Grant Mitchell is... 29 Oh, no, Grant, sorry. Phil Mitchell is still... Phil Mitchell. Phil, get my fucking pub. Oh, fucking grot. Yeah. In video game, and Super Mario Brothers 3 is released on Nintendo. Oh. Sells over 17 million copies and is still in the tune of a game. Top 40 games, selling games ever. That's good, isn't it? And then uh, the only other thing, really, of note is uh, after 27 years, Nelson Mandela is freed from prison. Well, there you go. Go, Nelson. And then he became the president of South Africa. Mm hmm. Good lad, Nelly. Fair play to him. <laughs> Old Nelly. <laughs> match number five is our first title match of the night, and it's for the NWA United States Tag Team Titles. It pits the champions, Flying Brian Pillman, and the Z-Man, Tom Zink, against the fabulous freeboards, Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin. The NWA decided to revive the US Tag Team Titles after deactivating them the previous May. Pillman and Zink defeated the freeboards in the final of the tournament on February 12th, However, it wasn't broadcast on t- TV until the episode of WCW Worldwide the day before this pay per view. So they're so essentially this is the rematch, yeah, basically a day, day after. Yeah. Mm. So uh, the champs get some pyro, which is pretty cool, um, and the freeboards get some like groupies in the ring to take off their robes. But the faces take the groupie spots and surprise the freeboards. They put on the robes and the freeboards music plays again for them <laughs> to dance. That was a very 2018 indie thing to happen. I thought, you know, that kind yeah. of just weirdness so there's lots of stalling from the freeboards who get wound up over freeboard suck chants the champs put on an exhibition showing off their move sets such as drop kicks cross bodies sunset flips and arm drags they work over the arms of both freeboards Hayes gets things going the freeboards way by slapping a sleeper hold on Pillman and they wear him down for several minutes Pillman tags in the Z-Man who quickens the pace again and puts Hayes in a sleeper hold of his own but while the ref's distracted Garvin breaks the hold by coming off the top which ends in a near fall the freeboards work over Z-Man with brawling moves and rest holds. 
Z-Man hits a desperation DDT on Hayes and tags in Pillman, who unleashes multiple drop kicks and a big double clothesline. Hayes tries to use the title belt, but the ref intervenes. Garvin tries throwing Pillman out of the ring, but he ends up ramming him into the cameraman's camera on the apron. Pillman stays on the apron, climbs up top, hits a flying crossbody, and pins Garvin after 25 minutes. After the match, Garvin just no-sells immediately, pops right up, DDTs Pillman while Hayes bulldogs Z-Man. Don't think this match needed to be 25 minutes no, long. It, 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 oh my slightest. god. I'm so happy to hear you last night. I don't think I needed to hear how into Alice Cooper they were for mm. quite a lot I of the I didn't need to look at Michael P.S. Hayes with that fucking black eyeliner. Did you not like his eyeliner, no? Uh, no, it actually um, kind of, it made no, me uncomfortable. I really liked the first, I'd say, seven minutes of this. Pillman and Zenk, you know, doing all the... Yeah, going. Yeah. Arm drags, yeah, yeah, walking yeah, yeah. the arm, the cross bodies, the clotheslines, the power slams, and all that. Like. Can you see like a transition in time here? Can you like Pillman and I guess I don't know how far Z Man gets. Right, but like yeah, I don't even know. The, the the physical condition of them, like yeah, compared yeah. to the <laughs> no, other lads, the younger compared, lads yeah, coming the up hair, and the hairy belly and the fucking <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like, Pillman and Zenk look like superstars. They look like they're fucking yeah tanks, like yeah. I don't know. I thought I, I one thing I did notice this match. To be honest with you, I, I I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. I was a little bit bored. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing, there was it, got, it did get go. But I, I wouldn't say throughout the whole thing. I would say I enjoyed it at first, but the heat, I was kind of hyped up to the, see the, these two lads against the, the three boards. The heat on like, Zinc lasted far too long, and yeah, they did not exciting. If you look, if we look back at the ex, double express match, if you want to call it yeah. the double, the double when, espresso, yeah, the double espresso match <laughs> when they were beating on. Um, excuse me when they were beating on Morton yeah, yeah. I was able to mention things they did they guillotined him on the guardrail they hit a big jumping suplex mm. they did a they did another I think Lane did a couple of spinning kicks and stuff whereas in this I don't know what they did a few chin locks like it was yeah. oh but even like then Tom Zenk getting I know it's like called the Z hold or something but it's like a sleeper, a sleeper hold, hold sleeper. again like yeah, 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 yeah. but what I didn't understand was, I don't know if they laid this match out themselves or someone was laying it out for them, like, the Z-Man, Tom Zenk, hits a DDT, which is fucking... It's a big move in 1990. It's, it's yeah. his finisher. He yeah. hits his, like, it's not Z-Man's finisher, it's uh, it's, it's Hayes' finisher, yeah. and he yeah. hits his own finisher on him, commentators don't say anything. And it's not the finish of the match. No, it's weird. And the crowd don't react. It's, no. it's like so it wasn't built up to it at all. He's actually kicking out of his own finisher, which makes his finisher look like yeah. absolute shite. It was very and he, weird. And also, Hayes hits a bulldog, which would be akin to maybe, not Roman Reigns' spear, but what's the secondary move Roman Reigns might use? Superman punch. Yeah. Like, he uses the bulldog as a a move that he to kick out of, but it's still a... It it's a big was, spotlight. Yeah. But they, he kind of just does it, and then it's just... That's it, really. Like, you know what I mean? One thing I did like, yeah, and I don't know if this was done on purpose or if it's just a result of all of the lovely, lovely cashola coming into this company. Mm-hmm. Um, the mics on the cameras have obviously gotten a lot better. Oh, they have, yeah. And uh, Hayes is very vocal yeah, throughout yeah. the whole He's thing. A great trash. And I can't help. But I, I see. I'm not. I've been trying. I was trying to figure it out. I don't know if if that's just what he did the entire time he's been wrestling, or if he's if like you know they're actually trying to 
you know, change the way thing, like, yeah, it's yeah. presented and actually involve that kind of stuff. Yeah, like he, he put his rest hold on. And he'd be like, "How'd you like that punk?" And he's like, "Yeah, you, you never should have had those titles. You, you don't deserve me." He's like yeah. saying all, all this kind of stuff. Like, it's pretty you know? good, isn't it? And he, he does he does that throughout the match quite often. Like. Something I've also liked. I know it causes a little bit of a botch at the end, but something I always liked about WCW and they they did it to the day they died basically. Uh, apron cameraman. Mm. Yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. angle it's a great angle yes it I is I think it's yeah. great like you're very close and like Jim Ross keeps saying we'll bring you right into the action and you I won't say you do feel like you're in there but you're like it's a great angle especially when people are hitting like stinger splashes in the corners yeah, or they're yeah. doing stuff like that it looks great it was nice to see uh, Brian Pillman actually hit that crossbody because yeah, um, I've seen him miss it a few times yeah. can we say about Brian Pillman has a mullet yeah yes. and Z-Man has a mullet yeah yes. and PS Hayes has a mullet yeah yeah Jimmy Garvin has just a has mad thing. long hair. He's a rat's nest. Yeah, I'd say he has yeah. a wild thing. Yeah. Oh, but <laughs> it's kind of a mullet. Oh, I don't think it should be counted. <laughs> yeah, far too long, wasn't it? Yeah, way too. Yeah, like yeah, too much. I would have liked another match. You know, maybe another singles match because there's a yeah, lot actually, of tag or, matches you know what, on this I would have actually enjoyed more a singles match that was 25 minutes long. That was good. Yeah, between two 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 good lads, matches, like yeah. yeah. Um, I would have much we'll, preferred to have watched something like you know we'll um, talk about that in a minute Steamboat and Savage again or something. Yeah. <laughs> would you like that yeah <laughs> so would everyone yeah just like so match number five mm. um, is for the NWA world tag team titles now it pits the champions the Steiner brothers Rick and Scott versus the Anderson brothers as their build Aaron and Ole Anderson now here's a note Terry Funk mentions the name the Minnesota Wrecking Crew which originally featured Gene and Lars Anderson. Then Ole took over from Lars, and then Aaron took over for Gene. But they're built here as the Anderson brothers, right? But they've also previously been... Uncle and nephew? Uncle and nephew, and cousins, and father <laughs> and son. All in the same fucking company. I think, like, the bigger your push is, the higher you go up the family tree. Is that so he's now he's his brother. brother. Yeah, okay, right. yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. So, we'll count the mullets first. Basically, Scott Steiner has an unbelievable mullet. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's great. We've, ne- we've seen Ole a few times, but we've never seen him wrestle. So, Ole, real name Al Rogowski, trained by Vern Gagne and Gene Anderson, debuted in 1967, which is a long time ago, in the AWA. In 1972, he moved to the NWA and became a member of the Andersons and the Minnesota Wrecking Crew and went on to have a total of 39 tag team title reigns across various territories Jesus. and regions, including eight reigns as the NWA World Tag Team Champion, seven times with Gene Anderson, and once with Stan Hansen. Uh, he won the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Tag Team of the Year Award twice in 75 and 77 with Gene Anderson, and the Wrestling Observer Tag Team of the Year Award in 82 with Stan Hansen. Uh, he initially retired from the ring in 87, uh, but he basically came out of retirement as a favour due to the uh, whole Tully Blanchard doing coke and not getting signed debacle and they they still needed to kind of book these stories yeah, so they yeah. put him in instead of he was meant to manage but they put him in in Tully's place essentially so in the match the Steiners get physical quickly and lay into the Andersons every which way they can there's a funny bit uh, not mentioned on commentary where Aaron is dazed after taking a boot to the face and he reaches to the wrong corner for a tag and Rick tags his hand anyway <laughs> <laughs> did you see that? No, I don't know if you know it was fucking I love Rick it's when uh, Scott Scott did an atomic drop and then Rick had his his foot up for uh, Aaron's face to fall into. And then when Aaron got back to his feet, he was like dizzy reaching his hand out and Rick just slapped it anyway, like for a tag. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Steiners of all the offense early, including Rick 
catching Aaron mid-leapfrog and turning it into a big power slam and Scott deadlifting Ole up and hitting him with a big backdrop suplex. That was absolutely fucking ridiculous. It was good, wasn't it? Fucking hell. And you could see Ole's face. He was like... <laughs> Things spill outside where Scott misses Aaron and clotheslines the ring post and the Andersons zero in on the arm, smashing it repeatedly against the guardrail and walking over it in the ring. Scott hits a desperation Frankensteiner and gets a tag to Rick at the very last second Rick comes in and unloads nasty Steiner lines. The Andersons try a double back body drop, but Rick boots Aaron in the face and then rolls up Ole in a small package for three, just past 16 minutes. After the match, the Andersons jump the Steiners and try to break Scott's arm before leaving once Rick brings a chair into the ring. I would have liked if this match was 25 minutes yes. yeah. and the previous match was 16. That would have been, that would have been fucking deadly. I, still, I, I do think this match started off quite slow. And it was very The Andersons do a lot of backing off, while. don't they? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what? At the start, but I actually kind of really liked yeah, it. Yeah. Aaron Anderson doing the whole, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Where, Anderson, where Aaron was trying to drag him into yeah, his side come, of the ring. Come, yeah. come over here. That, like, I, actually, I really liked that at the start. Um, I It kind of uh, wore on me a little bit after okay, a while yeah. to the point where I found it. I, I, I found it difficult to get into once it started heating up. But then when I did get into it, I was. Yeah. It, it was fucking deadly. Was Steiners really are great. Aren't They're they? so yeah. good. So good. And I thought Ollie did well for a forty-seven yeah, man. Yeah, he 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 does, but I think like he's forty-seven as well. Yeah, definitely not as good as the rest. Of course, of the rest he is. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, yeah. To be fair, I really liked a lot of this match. I was slightly confused by the end, and like they hit like a lovely Frankensteiner, and then two Steiner liners, and like why small is package. none of them the finish, and why does it have to be a yeah, small package? Yeah, why don't package? they hit a double team? Like why, why like, is it? Why is it small I, package? Anyway? I don't know. It kind of felt like was. Ole just like oh he refused to job yeah, yeah no, I'm not putting them over just like they're like they can catch me out but I'm not like Jobs getting pinned by their like, finisher yeah. like it was weird well this is his only pay per view match is it yeah like he'll go on to um be like he'll keep wrestling until about April but he won't yeah and retire again for good but he won't um do any pay per view matches now what do you think of uh Aaron's gear I like it oh man. the uh does does, does, it, does it does it does it do anything for you? Pop? Yeah, I think, I think the white does <laughs> something. David? The, the white makes the tan pop and the tan makes the white pop. <laughs> I haven't heard that in so long. Yeah, it's been a <laughs> it sounds so good. It sounds so good. And he's quite tanned compared to He is to Aaron, compared to Ole, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, he's actually the exact same amount of tan. It's just he has white gear, so he oh, looks better. Tan pops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I hear you. The entire time... Ollie made the mistake of wearing like a dark red look, yeah. For most of the time during this match, I was thinking to myself, Jay's Aaron Anderson is great, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, Aaron Anderson is younger there than he than we all are now. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. He oh, looks man. about 46. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? That's absolutely ridiculous. And he would beat the head well, off. Maybe, oh, he beat the shit out of him. Maybe he's older than you. Like, what, what age are you, Dave? I'm 30. Okay, what age are you, Dave? 32. So he's older than you, Dave. Yeah, but not me and Darren. So he's thirty-one, but still. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still. <laughs> Jesus. Holy God. <laughs> they don't make them like that anymore. They, don't no, make they do them not. Like that anymore, Is it the chemicals in the food? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, good and bad points to this match, all right, definitely. For sure, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But overall, I thought overall, it was somewhat yeah, enjoyable. Yeah. Like, well, not somewhat. Like, Disappointing that the, t- the time... I, like, I thought this was a 20-minute hour as well, and then yeah, it wasn't, yeah, and yeah. I was like, I wonder did they... Because I felt the heat on Scott was very short. I can't... But I can't help but wonder as well, though, if we came back and watched this match in isolation 
after not having watched three tag matches before would we think it better yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. I felt very tired watching this no I guess it because you know I, I mean? felt even typing it I was like heel, faces get the shine heels get the heat mm-hmm. hot tag win very strange leg. isn't yeah. it like yeah okay so we get a we go well we don't go backstage we get a, a pre-recorded interview where Gordon's Sorry, I have to go for a piss. you can't David before we hit the main event I just have something to tell you are you listening to him yes oh that's a, a nice, uh, nice little Four On a Sunday afternoon, February 25th, here in Greensboro, with me is Lex Luger, challenger for the World Heavyweight Championship in just a couple of hours. What are your final thoughts? All the talking's over with, Gordon, but I've got a big case of the butterflies, but that means I'm ready. That's good for me. That's very bad for Flair. I am in the top physical condition of my life. That's very good for me. That's very bad for you, Flair. You try to tell me how to do my business, you try to take me out, that just made me all the angry. And that is very, very bad for you, Ric Flair. Because, Gordon Soule, there's one thing on my mind. The last two weeks since I received this opportunity, and that is Power Slam the Rack. Power Slam the Rack. Power Slam the Rack. And, Gordon, that is one hole that no one professional wrestling has ever gotten out of. And, Flair, you're in that move tonight. We're going to find out. Lex Luger, the total package going for the greatest total package in wrestling, the World Heavyweight Championship. We go backstage where Gordon Soli is interviewing Luger, Lex Luger, um, in a pre-recorded interview. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I think this is Luger's best promo so far. He's done a couple of shouty ones before, and they've been okay. I think No, it wasn't the best promo in the world, but by Luger's standards, I thought it was decent. See. Because what he had to say made sense, and he had a, like you were saying about Connie, he had a plot. Yeah, yeah. I, Good for me, bad for you was his thing. I had to... Did you not like him? No. Like, I don't know what about him making sense. He had at least two things in it that were, like, horribly grammatically incorrect. And I just oh, couldn't... Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I should have written them down in my notes. Classic, I can't remember what they were. Classic but school teacher. He said something here. that just made <laughs> no sense. And I was, that just really distracted me. And then he just kept going, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Every sentence started he with Ric Flair. I was saying, uh, rack, then slam, was it? <laughs> rack, then Power slam. slam, torture rack. That's Power it, yeah, slam, yeah. torture rack. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really enjoy this That's, promo. Yeah, I, would, I would have to agree with there, That's to be okay, honest. Lads. That, this um, is what the show is about. If we agreed on everything, it would be boring. Also, I quit. <laughs> 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 then we get a live interview backstage where Gordon Soli is interviewing the nature boy, Ric Flair. Um, my only note on this is that poor woman has been relegated from evil femme fatale manager to eye candy valet. Bit sad for her, but in all fairness, was she going to get very far with a name like woman? No, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, possibly even Dorothy or Laura or something. Woman! Like, like, I think it's the it's ideal manager for Ric Flair, though, because like it's he doesn't have to remember yeah, her name. It's an like, ideal for a Ric Flair valet. To be honest but with I like you. The way, I like when she was just managing Doom as herself. and She was like twisted and evil I like that more no so did I as well. I completely agree yeah. I didn't even recognise her to be honest yeah. and then Ric Flair says uh, woman. woman say whatever you yeah, know. Yeah. and even then afterwards I was like oh yeah I was only when she was walking down I was like oh shit woman Nancy's a good name <laughs> Nancy would have been a good name for yeah. I have this weird mental image that Ric Flair and woman would have just been going to a load of swingers parties together probably don't know why right okay don't know why they just and seem like that kind happening. of couple Ah. I just find that a bit weird because she's dead. Well, that makes me uncomfortable. Obviously, not now. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I know not now. She, she, fucking... she was quite attractive enough. She's a lovely story. lady. Yeah. 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 What? Well, no, she was a lovely woman. My apologies, yeah. <laughs> she wasn't a lady. Woman is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Which woman? Woman. 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 <laughs> yeah. Who do you think? <laughs> For this match, Sting makes an entrance on uh, some crutches, sans face paint. He leaves again just as Luger is making his entrance for the main event. The main event is match number seven and it is for the NWA World Heavyweight title. It is the Nature Boy Ric Flair who is the champion against the challenger of the total package Lex Luger who is the current US champion but that title is not on the line. So of note this match takes place on Flair's 41st birthday. I think he looks well for a 41 year old man and he can Absolutely. go. And also of note it's the 8th birthday of current WWE manager Maria Kanellis. Do you like like that little tidbit. No way! So go. she's eight when this thing is happening? Yeah, yeah. Like, literally eight that day. So the background to this, here we are, I'm going to explain all the Sting stuff. Yes, I've, been, I've yeah. been eager to hear this. So the match originally was meant to be Sting versus Flair for the title, and Luger was meant to be defending his US title against the returning Dr. Death Steve Williams. Oh. So that would have been another singles match on the card, at least. A good one, though. Yeah, definitely. So Sting won the Iron Man tournament at Starcade 89, which we saw in that episode. And as a result, the NWA board offered him a world title match because he won the thing. He accepted. So Ric Flair's the champion. So a clash of the champions 10, the four horsemen, which Sting was still a member of at the time, all came to the ring and Ole Anderson told Sting that he needs to refuse that title shot because Flair is the champion and they plan to keep it that way. Sting refused to do so, so Flair, Arn and Ole attacked him. Mm-hmm. Later in that night's main event, which pitted Flair and the Andersons against the JTEX Corporation in a steel cage <laughs> match, Sting ran out and started trying to scale the cage to get at the horseman. However, when security pulled Sting off the cage, he landed awkwardly on his feet and ruptured his patella and tore his ACL. Two weeks before, oh! two weeks before the pay-per-view, um, which is oh! bad, very bad timing. Landed on his feet, like, didn't land on his arse or his, you know... Just land boldly on his feet? Boldly oh. on his feet from about five feet up. Not even like the, Fuck! not the top of the cage. Like they could reach up and grab his waist and like you know pull it. And it was it's in storyline security. Meant, yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, right. So this was two weeks before the pay per view. In storyline, they gave credit to the horseman for injuring him, as you would. Yeah, too. Not right. that Sting fucking jumped down and hurt himself. <laughs> so Luger, as a US champion, was, although sorry to interrupt yes, you, but yeah. they did say that the horseman injured him. During that attack. Yeah, so after it, Flair left the cage and ran at Sting and attacked him. Oh, okay. Not knowing he was hurt. You can actually, if you go back and watch it, you can see Sting going. Or oh, you can see someone going, he's hurt, he's hurt. But so, so they did attack him after he injured his oh, knee. Oh, okay. Oh, but, right, so right. they basically said it was I in that it was attack. That initial attack. Yeah. Okay, I get yeah. you. So as Luger is US Heavyweight Champion, he is then now deemed the next in line for the world title shot. So that's why he's there. He's still a heel, but as we'll see in this match, they, they do some good work of um, face touring him. I would say. Yeah, he definitely plays yeah. the face in this match. Yeah. Anyway. We also know from two previous episodes that Flair barely retained his titles against Luger at Great American Bash and Starcade 88. Yeah. Great American Bash is the one where Luger had a basically B and then the blood stoppage, which was fucking infuriating. And then at Starcade, uh, he had the torture rack on, but his knees buckled due to the figure four and Flair fell on top of him and pinned him. They were both, they were both unreal matches. They were deadly yeah. matches. Yeah, yeah. class. So this match... They do the bit in the middle of the ring with the referee and the title belt, like boxing matches and the ref going over the rules. I thought that was a nice touch, making it feel like a real mm-hmm. sporting event. I want to oh, tell you about my like lovely bad. can. I also want to fill you in yeah. on another little tidbit. Go for it. As well as being the US champion, 
mm. which is why Lex Luger was next in line. He was also the only one who went undefeated at Future Shock. True. He wow. he yeah. he ended up on less points than Sting, but because he beat he Sting. Yeah, he did beat but Sting. then he like got two disqualification victories and didn't lose much. No, he had a timeline draw and a disqualification victory he was or something like that. He not have a, lo- a loss yeah. on his record. So that's one of the other reasons Good he was also him. number well one. Well done, well done. I like that. I do like that. We said they do that nice bit in the ring that makes it like a legitimate contest. And they do some chain wrestling to start and Luger gets the better of it. Luger uses lots of big power moves but Flair repeatedly bails outside to try to kill Luger's momentum. Luger keeps it going however, including hitting a big clothesline and three massive military press slams. Luger runs at Flair, but Flair drops down and the total package goes flying over the top rope and lands on the floor. The Nature Boy takes control and beats on Luger with his trademark chops and knee drops. Flair then goes to work on Luger's arm using heel tactics like using the ropes for leverage and having woman interfere behind the ref's back. Luger fires up and fights back. He hits a power slam that gets a very near fall. Flair uses an inverted atomic drop to turn the tables again and gets some near falls and nearly finishes Luger with a sleeper hold. Both men are exhausted, firing back and forth. Flair hits a succession of shin breakers and cinches in the figure four leg lock using the ropes for leverage. This brings out Sting who motivates Luger to make the ropes and then he gives Luger a crazy pep talk which fires Luger up like a madman. He press slams Flair and clotheslines the shit out of him for another near fall. Woman interferes and while Luger and the ref are distracted by her, Flair attacks causing the ref to be crushed between Luger and the turnbuckles. Luger hits a superplex but the ref isn't there to count. The Andersons hit the ring but Luger lays them out. Luger puts Flair in the torture rack but the Andersons attack Sting outside. Luger drops Flair and goes outside to save Sting but ends up getting counted out at 38 minutes and 7 seconds. After the match the horsemen attack Luger until the Steiners run out to make the save. Mm. Long fucking match. 40 minutes almost, holy god. For for a, a championship singles match is quite long. It, good yeah. very good yeah, yeah no I very much enjoyed the speed oh. the speed of the whole thing it was so fast it just bothered each other there was one stage like I think it was about halfway through the match where Luger was like he whipped him he whipped Flair across the ring mm. from one side to the other and he was literally across the ring in like a split second yeah, yeah. Flair is so fast he over the mm. rope then to the outside yeah, as well like, yeah, yeah. there's a spot crazy. that Luger does a lot and it's when they whip him from corner to corner he bumps in the corner and then runs straight out and hits them with a clothesline it looks deadly. Yeah. Does it maybe three times this match and it looks fucking great. To be honest with his you. His clothesline I, is great and his press slam is fucking deadly. His press slam is unbelievable. Oh. I thought the third one, I was like, okay, Flair should probably be figuring out how to kind of counter this at yeah. this stage. Mm. But, that's but they're not, both that's exhausted as well. They're a small criticism. Like, you know, they're both wrecked. Also, I would like to say that, especially in the second half of this match, yeah. I definitely felt like I was worked. <laughs> I felt like I was actually Lex Luger and seeing Sting come out because I felt my energy draining. I was I was kind of watching it. And I was like, okay, right. yeah, I'm getting tired now. And then when Sting came out, and to... Sting came out, and then he gave him the pep talk. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, here we go. He's like, <laughs> it got me back he's into it. Like, he slaps him can we face. can we talk about what a nerd Sting is you though? Know, <laughs> he's like, kick go and kick his, you know what. <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, no, that's that's smart in the fact that he knew the camera was really close uh, to him. Again, again, with the fucking, you know with, the vo- with, vo- with speaking yeah, like that, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, oh, man. Um, it's the first time and I've really that. And I love that. that after that, Lucas started no-selling, and he yeah. went mad. Oh, like, he said that, I was like, yeah, come <laughs> on. <laughs> he just went fucking bananas. Oh, it was really yeah. enjoyable. I, I said earlier on that Ricky Morton 
Ricky Morton more than he's ever Ricky Morton yeah, before. Yeah. I feel like Ric Flair, Ric Flair, Flair more than he's ever Ric Flair yeah, yeah. before. Like everything, his the hair two, is the just. Two flare flops. Oh. But I think the first flare flop, they did a second one because when he flopped, he realized the cameraman was on the open <laughs> his way and he had to like dive off. But even like him posing and his yeah. hair and his pink robe and just everything, it's just the quintessential Ric Flair. And again, Luger didn't get the belt, but he came so fucking close. Oh. <laughs> and if you told me about this finish without me seeing it, I think I'd be, be like, oh no, I think that, that won't work. That sounds stupid. But yeah. it actually works really well. Yeah. And you kind of see the moral yeah. dilemma and they Sting all played it well. It, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But also, the um, part of the reason why they did it is they were going to just run Luger and Flair on the house show circuit then. Yeah. And like, apparently it gave... The last time they did the, the blood stoppage one, apparently it gave it a massive boost. So I believe it did a, a massive boost to house shows again because people were like, what's oh, the Luger versus Flair rematch? They, you know what I mean? Like, what? Unbelievable. Yeah. I said that in our 80s recap episode that Luger was the most surprising thing about everything. And he still is, like... Definitely. Stop having these crackers. Yeah, well, don't, I think... Don't stop having them. I but think... Like, what happened to you? Luger and Flair definitely have, have unbelievable chemistry. chemistry. Yeah. yeah, they are unbelievable. But then Flair has just chemistry with, with everyone people, yeah he's just but i think Rick when you Flair, see like, like when you see luger in later wcw he's gone from a steroid user to a steroid abuser yeah his body is too big and too immobile then because he's just got muscle everywhere no body fat what's a four percent body so fat was very low and yeah. he was probably taking recreational drugs as well at that point he'd become a bit of a, a junkie unfortunately mm. a little druggy yeah yeah and i'd sad like i feel like I know he was a heel and then they were trying to make him a face here, but, like, he wasn't really that much of a gimmick. And then when he became the narcissist, I don't yeah. think he was... That was, wasn't was him, and no. he was trying to play that gimmick and it never really suited him. Yeah. Whereas here, it was more just... He's just a massive athlete, just, isn't he? Yeah, he's just Lex Luger. He's a big he's fucking... He's a package, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apart from promos. Yeah, his yeah, promos yeah, are, are, are his weakest, but he just... He was good, and do you think he has a nice mullet. Yeah, he has a mullet. What about Flair? Do you think that's a mullet? It's so bizarre. Oh, it's definitely a mullet. Is yeah, you okay. think so? Yeah, it's the best hair I've ever seen. It's so strange, and no one else could pull it off. It's so strange. It's, it's, we were saying it's women's hair. It is women's <laughs> hair. Yeah, it's women's nineteen ninety hair. Yeah, men don't have. If hair I went like into that, a, yeah. if I brought a picture of Ric Flair at WrestleWar and said. Can I, and I'd hear it the same length and went into a bar. Like, how would I get the hair? My look yeah, hair. You wouldn't. Like <laughs> don't know how to go about it they'd give you a nice wash and blow dry and they'd just say nah sorry can't do it <laughs> yeah does he like blow dry his hair before matches like it's so strange I can <laughs> only hope he does yeah. of course he does he's Ric Flair he's Ric Flair yeah um, do you think the babyface turn worked yeah no I thought the crowd was definitely behind Lou yeah and to be honest with you it completely slipped my mind that Lou he was, was a heel ever beforehand yeah 100% they, it definitely worked didn't I it? think the babyface turn works because Flair is such a good heel yeah and also Sting is probably loved so much yeah that yeah. anybody who comes to Sting's aid is seen as a good guy I love Sting do you I love Sting <laughs> yeah, too yeah. I love to Sting fairness to me fairness <laughs> to me I love Sting um, this was a very good match mm-hmm. every time we've seen them they've had good matches I think this might be my favourite one of yeah, the yeah, Luger yeah. Flair matches. And it was longer than the last two, yeah. but it's definitely the best of them. And Luger's press slams. Jesus. Power slams, his press slams, his suplexes, his clotheslines. Anything to do with power. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's very, very powerful. powerful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, 
he's a good lad like yeah and then Flair's chops his knee drops his fucking eye rakes he's really good at eye raking I know that sounds like a very simple thing but he always does it so well, well yeah Rick Flair he can have no lead up to a chop whatsoever and he'll still and it'll come it out fucking, nowhere Boom. he'll still ring it through the entire fucking arena that he's in like also Lucas bumps the outside over from the clothesline and also uh, Flair coming off the top rope twice yeah landing mm. it twice is a strange one yeah he didn't hit the crossbody that he won his world title with but he hit like a couple of axe handles which was cool oh lads great match fantastic match. yeah really good so that closes the show they just have Jim Ross kind of close the show and then they roll the credits which is fair enough so on to the L bread the real deal the real deal so um, you're looking at the real deal now woo <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny you could say that in a group of people and, and no one like, would know what you're talking of about people we'll go, go woo <laughs> <laughs> Guesses for average ticket price. Only seven and a half thousand were sold out of the nine and eight. Twenty dollars. Fourteen dollars. Eight dollars seventy one cents. And they still didn't sell. I know they're nineteen ninety dollars, but like still. Yeah, but that means that there'd be tickets selling for less than eight dollars. True, but maybe they were reduced because they weren't selling. Maybe. They papered like almost two and a half thousand. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Jeez. The average ticket price is eight dollars seventy one cents, which is roughly sixteen dollars seventy in two thousand and nineteen. Maybe it's just like Starcade, and the crowd is still coming in. They mm, will be here mm. soon. We assure uh, you. So they, it got them a gate of eighty six thousand dollars. Yes, I would say it cost more than eighty six thousand dollars to put the show on. Um. Yeah, but they were getting that ruse money for that. Uh, those well, also pay per view boy rate as well. But yeah, eighty six thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. to pay everybody. Rent the arena. Rent the arena. Fucking pay all the staff to actually fucking do the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, You they could have been at, operating at a loss. Um, the boy rate was a 1.6, which is roughly 240,000 boys, which is around 65,000 more than Starcade and about 90,000 more than previous years Wrestle well. War. So it's on the up, at least. Mm-hmm. Yep. Match of the night, worst match of the night, and spot of the night, if you please. Who would like to go first? I'm going to go first. Is that okay? Yeah, you can That's go first. Um, I definitely okay. need some inspiration for Spot of the Night. I am going to go for Match of the Night is the main event. Mm-hmm. The almost 40-minute main event. Knockdown, drag-out fight. They unloaded their entire arsenals on each other. They did some great spots. <laughs> Sorry. They unloaded their entire arse. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they, they were close to it. They reached the... <laughs> yeah. um, Luger was kept very strong. His face torn worked. Sting's prep pep talk fucking pepped me up the two lads looked fantastic they put on a fantastic match you uh, you know you you could watch it over and over again it was great fun I don't know if I can tell you that more it's brilliant worst match of the night is the, the Chicago Street fight uh, a shout out to Norman versus Cactus Jack for also being fairly poo <laughs> but the concrete back bump the drop kick off the apron saved it somewhat I suppose um, and also seeing McFoley in general kind of saved it I know the Undertaker's in that other match but it was cack yeah it lasted five minutes I don't know things that happened by the clothesline and maybe something like, it was it was yeah it was shit uh, I never want to see that garbage again I'm looking forward to Doom versus the Road Warriors though mm-hmm. as a feud but that match are they still called Doom? Yeah, yes but that match is just fucking dire uh, spot of the night is where Ricky Morton and Bobby Eaton are doing a test of strength and Ricky Morton climbs up Bobby Eaton and he dives off with an axe handle to Stan Lane, and then Robert Gibson comes off 
top rope with an axe handle to Bobby Eaton at the same time. You know time. what? What's it's funny? Food. As soon as you said spotted night there, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, when he climbs the ladder. Yeah, well that's the only one you can think of. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my spot of the night because it was very smooth and very... It was deadly. It was, it was yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Okay, um, yeah, <laughs> match of the night. It's definitely Flair and Luger for me as well. Uh, you said everything there is to say. Uh but with an honourable mention for the double espresso match, I oh, did yeah, the, really it like it that as well. It does deserve a, a, it's a, a double espresso It's match. a second. I wouldn't say it's a close second, but it was definitely, it was definitely the second, second best yeah. match of the night. My worst match of the night, I, I agree with everything you're saying yeah. about the match you picked, but it was only five minutes. I hear you. I, so yeah, I'm going to go you know. with Brian Pillman, Tom Zenk and the Freebirds because it was 25 minutes. And although there was the occasional good thing in it, it was just far too long. Yeah. And I found myself really bored. Yeah. That's fair so enough. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm going to pick that one. My spot of the night, I'm kind of torn because the most memorable spot of the night for me is the Cactus Jack backdrop over the back yeah. over the rail landing that's on the concrete like and like as a spot goes that's probably the most outrageous spot we're going to see in mm. 1990 but it got very little reaction so yeah. is that not kind of the point of a big spot is, is to, get to get a reaction a so yeah. was it a good spot so no no probably <laughs> not but like but then at the same time him continuing to do an outrageous things like that is what got him over in the long run but uh instead I am gonna pick out a Lex Luger uh, body press. Any of the three, because they were all spectacular. Later on, yeah, they were very good. Yeah, they're like I know I'm big warrior mark, but the warriors ones are yeah no, it is fun and like without being like you know too um into the male form. When he when he when he puts Ric Flair above his head, his like Oof. fucking his six, <laughs> his six pack and his traps, oh, he and looks, he just like he looks unbelievable. Like, being too how good does he look the there? Uh, I, I'd say about eleven out of ten. Like, yeah, he he's looks, the total package. He is. He looks. That's my spot yeah. of the night. Love just it. Love just it. looks great. Yeah, that's okay. Alright, for me, I don't think there's much more to say about best match of the night because it goes to the main event. As I said to you before, I found myself being worked properly for the first time in a long time. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Thank you very much. You pop for the old uh, sting. Pep oh, I, I popped. Yeah, yeah. I popped. I did indeed. I was like, oh, but this is fucking deadly. Um, I'm going to go with the Cactus Jack and um, fucking Norman, Norman match, match as yeah. the as the worst match Absolutely of the night. Absolutely acceptable. Yeah. Um, for one reason being the fact that I think it's interesting that we all for for a very kind of middle and pay-per-view for the most yeah. part it was a, it, like as you said before we started watching this it was an easy it's an easy watch yeah it is an easy watch but it's a very middling like very yeah. middle of the road pay-per-view there's some yeah. deadly there's some deadly stuff on it but for the most part it's very kind of just yeah and that one for me was the one that i kind of you know the only reason that i actually enjoyed it was because cactus jack was in it you know i was like oh shit yeah, Mick yeah. Foley, like you know yeah. what i mean and Oddly enough, the reason why I wouldn't give it to the Road Warriors versus the Skyscrapers yeah. is it's not because of the Undertaker. Not because right. I was like, oh my God, it's the Undertaker. Yeah. It's because over the past few years, I've learned that I am a serious mark for the Road Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't be the worst. Yeah, yeah. They're not allowed to be the worst. 
so yeah, I'd give that one the worst match of the night. So three yeah. different um, worst night. matches. Three different worst matches. Yeah, yeah, I like that though. Yeah, like we cool. all found different. Well, I would also, about... <laughs> I would not argue against either of your picks either. Yeah, yeah. And Graham, I'm sorry, I don't mean to crib your crib your homework, Ratten, but I definitely would agree with you. As yeah, well. yeah, like yeah. that was some. That was that was one of the smoothest things I've ever seen. It was pretty cool. And I actually, I was leaning, I was sitting on my bed and I was watching it. I was leaning against me the headrest. And when that happened, I, I, I sat Ricky forward Martin, and I was like, yeah. Ugh, that was deadly. Oh, by the way, Ricky Morton is younger here than we are now, but as well. Fuck off. <laughs> he looks about 50. So old. So What's old. What's the story? It's so <laughs> weird that the, like, the Rock and Roll Express are old lads doing the Rockers young gimmick, aren't they? I know the, I know the Rockers yeah, stole yeah. the gimmick, but they're old lads <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know 31 isn't old but you know when you're doing a gimmick like that it kind of is a stretch for me um, I I, actually, I really enjoyed watching this like it wasn't it wouldn't be the highest rated pay-per-view that yeah. we've watched so far in terms of match quality and storytelling yeah. and stuff but I I sat down and I watched it start to finish and it was yeah. really enjoyable yeah. I think um, you know, I had a buzz watching it just sorry three hours no? I like I, lo- I also it's interesting to see like I said to you is about the, the vocalisation and stuff but also the quality of the production especially yeah. with this company yeah. um, versus when we when we first started and the, I mean, they technically have more money than well, maybe not at this point until Eric Bischoff comes in but Jesus they yeah. ha- well they certainly Ted have Turner. fucking money anyway yeah. that's for sure but it's yeah. it's yeah, I don't know. This show for me was definitely a case of troughs and peaks. Like mm. when it was good, it, it was, was very, good. very good. Yeah, definitely. And even the commentary, <laughs> like at certain points, the commentary was absolutely awful. Yeah, like we were saying, Terry Funk just starts talking about random banjo. But right? like, like, yeah, his, when his it got, favorite move is the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> but when it got to like the climax of the main event. Last, last Jim time, Ross was like on absolute fire. It was like Attitude Era Jim Ross. Yeah, how fucking disgusted yeah, yeah, he right. was oh, with the, Yeah. That's what it was like. It was like Mr. McMahon was the four horsemen. He was so pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. McMahon was the four <laughs> horsemen. It was me, Flair. It was me, <laughs> all It was me, Sting. It was me, all along, Sting. You know? But like we haven't heard that kind of... Vigor. emotion from Jim Ross up to this point he's been very like sports broadcaster Jim Ross yeah whereas here he was properly pissed off at what he was saying yeah and it was great um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. this pay-per-view for me yeah I'd agree on, on those kind of points in that um, obviously match of the night is the main event considering we all picked it is, is brilliant the double espresso match <laughs> is um, yeah it's, it's one to watch and then I liked Steiners and Andersons. I yeah, know, I know yeah. there's. I know we have there's some gripes with it. I thought the heat on Scott was far too short, and I know you were saying Dave, you felt it a bit kind of draining at the Andersons kind of antics at some point. But I, I wouldn't say it was a bad match either. Definitely it was, not. It was no fine. No, 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 you know no. what I mean? Um, everything else is pff, skippable. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised with Buzz Sawyer. I would say yeah. Buzz Sawyer. Sawyer. We won't get to see him again. But like I thought. Those mad Those suplexes and shit he was were doing were like grey. That was like, fuck. And that splash looked a business. Yeah. He obviously laid it in if he broke his own wrist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. Mad bastard. Decent show. Decent show, yeah. Not unreal, but not cack either. But... Too many tag matches. Way too many. Yeah. Way too they should, tag have put, they should have put Dr. Death in something with somebody. They definitely had another singles wrestler who was competent. This is nearly 30 years ago. 30 years ago. <laughs> well, what we can do about it now. No. So, what's coming up next? It is the Ultimate Challenge mm. WrestleMania 6. 
Hulk Hogan, the World Heavyweight Champion, Ultimate Warrior, the Intercontinental Champion. Title for title. Title for title. In the Sky Dome, 60,000 bastards. Let me tell you. Yeah. For me, personally. I'm going to have a boner. This is the <laughs> ultimate nostalgia no. show. <laughs> is this your show? This is like the show of my childhood. This is all no I remember from wrestling as a child. Yeah. Before I fell out of it and got back into it during the Attitude Era, like this is the high point of wrestling. This is wrestling. For this you. is like all me and my brothers talked about for about six years was this Jesus. match. So deadly. That, I'm I cannot wait. You're gonna have a great see time. your yeah. reaction to yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Will it be the same or will it ruin your... I've watched it so many times since like I had this on video and I watched it all the time. So it'll be grand. We are on Instagram. We are. Boy God Almighty. B-A-H-G-A-W-D Almighty. Are we still on Facebook? Uh, Yeah, we don't. Well, we're going to start updating that now. Our last episode, which it'll be released by the time you listen to this, obviously. Um, And that's it. Yeah. Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Do us on the YouTube as well. The we have a few videos on the YouTube. So just search Boy God Almighty. It's B-A-H-G-A-W-D-A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y Almighty. And she already know that if you're listening to this. Yeah, well, we're about 23 episodes in now, right? 22, 23. But you know, if someone's new and they're like, I really enjoyed Wrestle War 90, I want to hear what these lads have to say about it. You need to look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. Why? Okie dokie. Boy, boy, God bless, love you. See you later. Adio. Bye. Bye.